0: I would like to add to, the, to um, chapter 1 Okay then Amen Let me just give you a brief summary, overall summary Of the book of Nahum chapter 1 Prophet Mir was sent to rescue the children of Israel From their enemy And we, if we can relate that one to Isaiah chapter 14 Verse 24 The Lord Almighty has sworn Surely as I have planned So it will be and I have purpose, so it will stand. Nahum was a prophet of God from Elucasite. And as Brother Stephen says, Nahum means God will comfort. And if we open our Bible to the book of Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 2. Isaiah 40, 1 to 2. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard services has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So Nahum was sent to the people as a comforter. And also it was declared because in the first book of Nahum chapter 1, it was when Nineveh was being judged. If you open, open the Bible to 9, chapter 1, and I'll take verse 5. Um, as I read through, I'll begin to interrelate them. It says, The Lord's anger against Nineveh. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his, his wrath against his enemy. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. So, God, in, as, God, in as much as the God we serve is the a God of compassion, slow to anger, God always gives us a long rope. He gives us the opportunity, and He gave Nineveh an opportunity to repent from their sins. If we look at Jonah chapter 1, when God first sent Jonah to the people of Nineveh, The first thing they said, God, I don't want to go because these people are wicked. But after he went, they first listened and they repented from their sins. But then they went back to their old ways. God gave them the opportunity to repent, but they still stuck to their old ways. How does that relate to us today? God is giving us an opportunity to change our ways. Let us look at the works of our hands. God is calling us to a wholesome reasoning that how are you living your life every second? If the rapture happens now, be sincere to yourself, will you make heaven? That's a question you really need to think about as we study this book. It says in verse three, The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His ways is in the whirlwinds. And the storm and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the seas and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel wither. And the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him. And the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence. The world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. His rocks are shattered before Him. Begin you know, to picture these words as we read. And think about God, is, God, God does not quickly; He doesn't easily get angry. But what causes God to get angry with His people is when we disobey. When He laid down instructions to us, and we turn and do our, our move in our own ways, then His anger And that is why for now, God has given us a long rope. The Bible says that a thousand years in the sight of God is as a day. And a day as a thousand years. But the book of Matthew 25 says, The day of the Lord is coming soon. It is knocking at our door. How are you living your life? Have you ever thought about it that God... Do you know that all of us are sitting down here, and I want you to picture that in my own personal life, that as we're all sitting down here, it suddenly God shines everyone's heart onto that screen? Do you think that your heart is right? You know, the Bible says that when judgment comes, we we'll all stand before the judgment seat. In other words, each and every one of us will stand before the judgment seat, and our lives will be played before us, and we ourselves will know whether we've lived an upright life. We will know where we're going because by the time you stand before the judgment seat, the Bible says fire will come and it will burn up your works. And if your works were right, it will be held to fire. The Bible says that when gold passes through fire, it is refined and it comes out pure. Think about your works today. If it passes through the works of your hands. will it come out pure? It will become as ashes, and that is one of the things that Revelation is about. This word, it went further, and this verse seven was one of the key areas that Mommy really said she really emphasized on. He says, "The Lord is good; a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him, but with an overwhelming flood, He will make an end of Nineveh. In other words, no matter, I was so glad when the choir was singing, "Blessed be your name." Um, Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Can you put the second, uh, the second part of that song? It says, "Blessed be your name," when the sun is shining down on me. And the world as it should be. Blessed be your name. And then in the second verse. On the second, uh, can you please put up because I want people to see what I'm trying to bring out of this word. Can you put up the second verse of Blessed be your name for me? Because there was, so, there, was, there was a bit there, and it's like, when the choir was singing that song, there's something in me that was jumping, because it was as if they were pulling out this verse 7. It says, Blessed be your name, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, on the road marked suffering there's pain in the offering. So in other words, even sacrificing our lives as Christians, there's pain. Because sometimes you can't even, sometimes you're in situations whereby it seems as if God isn't there. But this scripture and the book of Isaiah in verse 7 it says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. So, what is it that you're going through at this time? It says, Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord. So, no matter how much the challenge is, just know that God is. Is our refuge. God is our hiding place and is our comfort in the times of storm. Amen. It went further. It says in verse 8: it says, But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of a Nineveh, the end of Nineveh, and so shall he be our enemies. The, the, regardless of what people are, are doing around you, the wickedness of people come to an end one day. Every day is for the thief. But one day is for the owner of the house And despite the fact that the enemy might attack you from every angle And it might seem that all hope is gone There's always light at the end of the tunnel Because the God who is your refuge and your strength He will pull you through any storm He said in the midst of the storm He will cause you to walk on dry land As long as you make Him your refuge He went further to say. He said, whatever they plot against the Lord, He will bring to an end. Uh, Whatever He plots against the Lord, He will bring to an end. So no matter whatever arrows the enemy throws at you, be rest assured. It will come to an end. Everything that has a beginning has an end. And that is why we serve the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. One thing about God is that God will always show you the beginning. But he will never show you what will happen to, where to, for you to get to the end. But he said, he is our refuge. And he is our strength. He said, who, whoever for you nearer has not well come forth. Who plots evil against the Lord. And devices we can plan. This is what the Lord said. Although they have allies. Sorry, I jumped to verse. Let me go back a bit. Let me go back to verse 8. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into the realm of darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will, will not come a second time. They will be entangled amongst the thorns and drunk from their wine. They will be consumed like dry stubble. Stubble is like r- rubbish, like piled up. Like, you know when you have, um, you know when you burn rubbish and it's being burnt. After a while, when you go back to where the, the thing that you burnt, it will look like ashes in a heap. And that is what God is going to make at any enemy. And that's what God will saying that, don't worry my people, let them continue. Like for example, in now today, all of us are hearing about the ISIS. They think they're gaining ground. They're shedding the blood of the innocent. They think there isn't a God in heaven. But there is a God. Every day is for the thief. But one day will be the owner of the house. But one prayer, and we're going to pray that prayer tonight, that God just wants the nations to do, is to turn their heart back to Him. Because He said in the book of Isaiah chapter 7, verse Isaiah 7.14, Yes, yeah, 7.14, says, If my people who are called by my name can humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked. Sorry? 2 Chronicles 7.14 It says, if my people who are called by my name. Can humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked ways. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a standard that they need to do. He says, if my people are called. Who are the people called by the name of the Lord? It's we Christians. will humble themselves. That means that we're not running after the things of this world. We're not running after our jobs or the money or food or, or, or properties of or things. No. We humble ourselves before the throne of the Master. He said, we will humble themselves and pray, not talk, not carry placards, not complain. He said, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. This scripture, we need to ponder over it, that God, this scripture has to be fulfilled in our time. It has to be made manifest, because the, 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 the Bible says there's a time for everything under heaven, and it is now a time of call for we believers that God has raised up for this time, for this scripture to be fulfilled, that we humble ourselves and pray, And seek the face of God. And turn from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. It goes further. He says, this is what the Lord says. Although they have alleys and are numerous, they will be destroyed and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, Judah. And Judah means praise. And it represents the church today. He said, I will afflict you no more. Now, I will break their yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. The Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the images and idols that are in the temple of your gods. I will prepare your grace for you are vile. Look there on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good news, who proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They will be completely destroyed. Another part of this scripture that Mummy emphasizes, Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. He says, Good news, for the Lord has broken every shackle. He has removed the yoke of the Assyrians off our neck. Because one thing about Nahum, which also we saw in Sephaniah, is that God always remembered the remnant of his people. God always remembers. us. So no matter whatever is happening around us, just know that our time of celebration is, is coming. And God will fulfill everything that he has written concerning us. But the only reason why, won't we, why we won't see the manifestation is when we disobey the instructions that have been laid down. And if you remember that for, uh, for these past two weeks on Sunday, apostles has been teaching us about the Word, about walking in faith, about the concerned God, about the God that is calling us back to himself, about us as Christians standing upon the Word. And one of those words is in the book of 2 Chronicles 7, that I read, that God in this time, ISIS cannot gain ground, ISIS cannot create fear, because I can guarantee people are living in fear now. It's like nobody knows. Everybody is wondering what's going to happen next. Where are these people going to target next? But the Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then, if you notice there's a comma, first, if my people, comma, that means that there's an instruction to follow. If remember, Apostle said that when there's if, then something will fall. He said, If so, if all of us, God's people who are called by His name, which we are, humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of the Master and turn from our wicked ways, then He will hear from heaven and forgive the sin of our land and He will heal our land. But we must turn. Let's look at the works of our hand. How many people have you despised today? Have you just looked at, can anything good come out of this one? How many times have you gone in the secret place and said evil things and then come out and then you want to lift up hands? It's, it's a question I really want us to think about. Because each time I've read this book of Nahum, fear grits my heart. And it's changed my way of prayer that, go, oh, please search the works of my hands. If there be any, if you find any wickedness in me, Lord, please take it away. Because God is preparing us at this time for his judgment to come. I'll move now to Nahum chapter 2. He says, from verse 1, He said, An attacker advances against you, Nineveh, guard the fortress. (laughs) Guard the fortress. Watch the road. brace yourself. Marshal all your strength. This bit is talking about, (laughs) God opened my eyes, the book of Isaiah, chapter 62 from verse 67. And he says there, he says, Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7, and that's the key feature for intercessors. God said he has called us as watchmen. And it's just no point to say it's for each and every one of us. Because this scripture says, An attacker advances against humanity, guard the fortress, watch the road. And mom said, God has set us as watchmen. We must not stay quiet until we see the word of God fulfilled in our lives, in the lives of our children, in our homes. God said, I've posted you as watchmen over the nations, over the United Kingdom, over your allotment. He said, On your walls, all Christ's tabernacle. He said, We will not keep silent day or night. We who call on the Lord, we must give ourselves no rest. Until when? Verse 7. Verse 7, Deacon. And give him no rest. Till he establishes Christ's tabernacle and make her the praise of the earth. Put your name there. God said, we must not keep silent, day and night. Have you been established? Are you where God wants you to be? It's a question I'm asking all of us today. Have you gotten to where God wants you to be, as an individual? Have you got to pastor? Have you? got no. Amen. Amen. Sister Usa, have you got to work God? Why? He says, He has posted us watchmen on the walls of our lives, of the walls of the nation, of the walls of our church. Oh, Christ, we must not keep silent day or night. We who call on the Lord, we must give ourselves no rest. Why? Until He establishes us. And makes us the praise of the earth. Do you know that when we become established, ISIS will not have any stand over this nation. But the reason why is because we've kept silent. We have kept silent. But now that we're studying now is going to wake us all up. Six o'clock prayer is here every day. If you can't make every day, God sees every one of our hearts. He knows those who are genuinely working. And He knows those of us that are home watching television. 6 o'clock, come and pray one hour. And trust me, they they keep to that one hour. 7, they're saying the grace. Friday vigil. You don't need to come every single Friday. But one Friday, at least make it once a month, come and pray. He said, he has posted us watchmen. If all of us, which all of us have, uh, have acknowledged, we have not gotten to where we need to reach to. Why? Because we've kept silent. But God said we must not keep silent day or night. He says, the Lord, the Lord says, says, An attacker advances against you. Nineveh, guard the fortress. But now, he says, Guard your fortress. Watch the road. Brace yourself. Marshal all your strength. Every part of your allotment that the enemy has attacked is time to rise up from your slumber. Maybe we we'll have be resting, relaxing. No. Tonight, after we've heard this word tonight, we're going to rise up from our slumber. We're going to rise up and we're going to pray until our lives is become established as God has written spoken it to be unto our nations. The enemy cannot come in. The reason why the enemy can come is because we are sleeping. But when we arise, when we pray, when we join our hands together as one. And we begin to declare that God, begin to expose these people. Anywhere that He's beginning to expose them. Begin to expose them. Look, begin to expose the plans of the wicked. Many of was planning in the city, but God of heaven saw everything. And the coming of the Lord is soon. If we do not rise up to pray, they will take over the land. He says, the Lord will restore the splendor of Jacob. Like the splendor of Israel. The distress have laid them waste And have ruined their vines The suits of the soldiers are red The warriors are clad with scarlet The metal of the chariot flashes on the day They are made ready The spears of juniper are brandished The chariots storm through the squares They look like flaming torches They dart about like lightning That is what they are for now But there is a God in heaven That doesn't keep silent. They might have blown people up. They might have blown themselves up. They might be plotting. But because we shall arise and we shall guard our loins, we shall take over the land. We shall take over the land. Mom revealed to us, she said, We must identify the attacker. And who is the attacker? The devil. He's the one that attacks marriages He's the one that attacks the lives of our children He's the one that attacks our peace He's the one that attacks our joy And we must wage war against Him We must not keep silence unto our lives and the lives of our family members God has called us every single one of us in this house tonight as watchmen We must pray We must not clad ourselves in wickedness How do we clad ourselves in wickedness? Like being worldly in our speech in our attitude, in our character, in our conduct. No. we must clad ourselves with the word of God. We must clad ourselves with the things of the spirit. We must not clad ourselves with wickedness. We must raise a standard. We must watch our road. We must pray and keep, keep God's word in our heart. As all these disasters happen, God could have revealed it to us if we had turned our hearts to him. But now we have woken up. The enemy cannot take over our land and cause people to walk in fear no more. Because the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear but power of love and of a sound mind. And God has given us a soundness of mind. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all that dwell therein. For he has established it. So God's word is being established over this earth. And we must declare that word. That God, the earth is yours, and the fullness thereof. The world and everything that you. I command every gate of the wicked, of ISIS, of the powers of hell to be lifted up. It's not the amount of times that they go and bomb Syria. It's not the amount of times they even go into Iraq to look at their nuclear bombs. How how they, they keep on seeing over and over in the news that we're sitting on a time bomb. They know that the bomb is about to be released, but nobody knows where. But there's a God in heaven that sees all things and is able to reveal to us because the Bible says that secret things be- belong to God and He makes them known to our children and children's children and we are God's children so that God can reveal the secret things but all we have to do church is to rise up and pray and begin to declare begin to pull down, begin to destroy begin to declare the word of the Lord Hallelujah Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Though the battle may be tough, but God will restore our splendor. Though the battle may be tough, but God will restore our splendor. Amen. Verse 7. It decreed that Nineveh be exiled and carried away. His female slaves more like doves and beat on their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose water is draining away. "Stop, stop! They cry, but no one turns back. Mommy laid emphasis, "Whenever the river dries, whenever the river dries up, the pool will dry up." No one can stop the battle cry. You must never let the word of God dry up in you. What gives us the edge? Over everything is the word we know. What you do not know, you cannot declare. The reason why these people are bold and they go to do what they do is because they believe in what they're doing. They believe it is right. But we have the Most High God. We have the Word of God. We have the authority to speak because God has given us that authority before the foundations of the earth. And when Jesus went to Calvary, and was nailed on Calvary, he paid the price, and he took the keys and placed it into our hands. That at the name of Jesus every knee must bow. But for us who exercise this, the water in us cannot dry up. And how can and in what way won't it dry up? When we spend time in this word. When we spend time studying the word, when we chew the word, the book of Joshua, chapter one, verse 8, it says this book of the law will not depart from our mouth but we will meditate upon it day and night day and night they meditate these people also they are meditating on the quran and they believe so much in it and they will, and because what they believe is right they execute so why can't, why don't we meditate on god's word he said, do not let this book of the lord depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night, so that you can be careful. It's, it gives us warning, so you can be careful to do everything written in it. So there's a warning. Being careful, it says when you then when you are then careful, then you prosper, and then you'll be prosperous and successful. Do not, do not. Be careful. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So there are warnings in there for us. The water in us must not go dry. It says, Plunder the silver. Plunder the gold. The supply is endless. The wealth from all its treasures. She its pillage plundered, stripped. Hearts melt. Needs give way. Bodies tremble, every face grows pale. Where now is the lion's den? The place where they fed their young, where the lion and lioness went, and the cubs with nothing to fear. Nineveh was described as a lion, and what is lion? the lion is known as one of the, wild, the largest animals. In the ki- in, in, in the animal kingdom, and if we, if you notice, it says, "Where now is the lion's den, the place where they feed fed their young?" Verse twelve says, "The lion killed enough for his cubs, and strangled the prey for his mate. finished his life with a kill, and his den with the prey." Hmm. God is great. God will free us from the snare of the fowler, who will free us from his claws. Then the judgment of God comes in verse 13. I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will burn up your chariots in smoke, and the sword will devour your young lions. I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard. Yes, Nineveh was a lion, Yes, it was plundering the people. He was stealing from the people to satisfy its own desire. But then God was watching. But then God's anger rose, and God's anger rose against them. And God described it as a lion. Yes, the lion might mm-hmm. roar. it can wear, but the point by a little mice will cause a lion to collapse. You know, ants. I don't think they have them that much hair in the UK. Whether these ants in Nigeria, they call them soldier ants, they're red. You don't make a mistake of going to where their their, 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 um, heart is. Because if if one of those ants stay on your body in two seconds, you see them marching up and they can eat a whole human being in seconds. I mean, anyone that has them in their clothes, they quickly shake them off. Because they will just start biting and, biting and biting and biting and biting and biting and biting and biting. Or they completely consume their prey. And so is the lion. So many of thought that, yes, we have plundered. Yes, we have done this. Yes, we have done that. But God will free us from the Assyrian empires in our lives. Anything that represents Assyrians, that become like a yoke around our neck. The Lord will destroy them completely. And at the end of this scripture, and and this word, and this Bible study, the Lord will cause our eyes to see in a new new dimension. Because every yoke of the Assyrians will be completely destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 was a revelation of the fall of Nineveh. It it, it reveals to us that we as people, we need to pray and intercede for the people. (laughs) Nineveh was destroyed because of disobedience. We must intercede and gain strength from the word of God. Because if we do not pray, (laughs) if we do not go and tell the people, (laughs) they, they don't know the truth. My prayer for us tonight is that I pray that God will stir up within us. A heart for souls. Every day, whenever I'm going to work and I see crowds of people coming trooping out of the station, because I work, I work in central London, and you will see people rushing. Mostly if you want to see the timings of city people, move between Westminster, Blackfriars, um, um, Canary Wharf, around 8, 8.45, 9 o'clock, you will see myriads of people. They will be trooping. And in your heart, you'll be saying, God, look at all these people trooping. And most of them don't know you, Jesus. They don't know you, Jesus. And they'll be trooping, and they'll be trooping. And when it's about five, between five and six, where the office closes, you see them trooping out again. Some of them, they go to the pubs. And just, you just stand, and you're just watching that, God, these people need to know you, Jesus. How can I reach out to these people? How can I speak to them? How can they come to know you? But God is calling because if we do not tell them, the, some of them have never heard about Jesus. You might think they have, but some of them have never. And because God gave Nineveh an opportunity to repent, they first repent, but they went back to their evil ways. Why? Because there was no one to continue to tell them about their wickedness. And that's exactly what God is speaking to us again to the Christ the tabernacle. We need to rise up to evangelism. We need to tell the people. We need to pray that God, give me a strategy that I can reach out to the heart, that can penetrate, that can break into the walls of these people and that they will listen. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to move to chapter 3, which is the woe to Nineveh. Why woe to Nivneve? Woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victim. The craps of whips, the clatter of wheels, galloping horses, and jolting chariots. Charging cavalry, flashing swords, and glittering spears, Many casualties, piles of dead. Bodies without number, people stumbling over the corpses. All because of the wanton lust of a prostitute. There are a few things that mom highlighted onto us. That why woe to Nineveh? Woe to Nineveh because it was a city of blood. It was full of lies. It plundered the innocent. Why woe unto Nineveh? Because of their wickedness. Hmm. And God likened it to a harlot. Huh. A harlot is a person that sells their body for free. Uh, uh, they're not for free, they, they, they charge as prostitutes. They sell their body just any, to any man or any woman. That is ready for them. And God likened Nineveh to a harlot. In other words, anything comes, anything goes. Anything comes, anything goes. When you leave the household of faith, what do you do in the secret place that no man sees? But when you come to church, you're a holier-than-thou person. But once you walk through that door and you get into your house and you lock the door, well, there's nobody here to see you the evil I'm doing. And you continue in your wicked ways. God likens such attitudes to the attitude of a harlot. Huh? He says, and look at what happens when people walk in, in the attitude of a harlot. People stumble. Tonight, one of my prayers for us also again is that I pray that God should help our attitudes. That our life does not cause another man to stumble. Maybe through our words, maybe through our speeches. Maybe through our attitude. You know so many people can you know that some people they they might never read the Bible, but you might be the only Bible that they read. And because of your lifestyle, they come to Jesus. And because of what they see in you, but they they, they crave for God. So you think about it. If one day someone comes there and says, Ah, and they seems to Ah, that woman on that altar. If she's the one under me, I'm walking out of this church. And I've seen it happen before. That someone came back. If this person is a Christian, then I'm not coming to this church anymore. I'm not even, I don't want to be a Christian. Because our attitude is nothing like a Christian. Her, her reaction. We begged this woman. But she said, Nope, she's not coming to the church. That if this person is in this church, because of that person's attitude, Nineveh was like a halot. Our attitude too can be as a halot if our attitude is not a a, a replica of what the word of God says. It becomes like a clatter, clattering wheels and chariots. And the wheels begin to fall off because our attitude does not reflect what the Bible says. (laughs) He says, I will lift your steps over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdom your shame. I will pelt you with filth. I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. So if people continue in wicked ways, you know, imagine, <laughs> I mean, we have a, quite a lot of women in here. Imagine suddenly, your, uh, someone just pulls up your skirt. you almost going like ah, so but God said that that is what he's going to do If people do not turn away from their wickedness that was, what, that was the judgment God said he was going to do to Nineveh Because of their wickedness Because of their So if we as a people If we do not turn from our wicked ways When God's judgment That's what will happen He will just expose you One thing about God is that God As we read from the beginning of the Buddha God is a God of compassion He's slow to anger, but abounding in grace. But when His judgment will come, if we do not turn from wickedness, from our ways, from our ways that are not upright, He said, He will lift up our skirts and will bring dishonor. He will disgrace. But thank God that God has given us an opportunity tonight to hear this word. Some of us might be wondering, why, why are we studying these books? Why are we going through all these, these chapters of the Bible, chapter by chapter, is so we can learn. It's so that we can check ourselves out. It's so that we can measure our lives according to this word. That we can look at our lives and say, God, is there anything in me that, that, is, that reflects any of these attitudes, any one of these characters, any one of these natures, anything? You know, is there any way that I'm walking that could cost me my salvation? Lord, help me to live above all these things. He says, I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. All who see you will flee from you and say, Nineveh is in ruins. Who will mourn for her? Where can I find anyone to comfort you? Are you better than Phoebus, situated on the Nile, with water around her? The river was her defense. The waters her wall. Kush and Egypt were her boundless strength. Put and Libya were among her allies. Yet she was taken captive and went into exile. Her infants were dust to pieces at every street corner. Locks were cut for her nobles. And all her great men were put in chains. You too will become drunk. You will go into hiding and seek refuge from the enemy. All your fortresses are like fig trees. With their first ripe fruit, when they are shaken, the figs fall into their mouth, and the eater, look at your troops, they are all weaklings. The gates of your land are wide open to your enemies. Fire has consumed the barns of your greats. Draw water from the sea, strengthen your defenses, work the clay, tread the mortar, repair the brick walls. There the fire will consume you the sword will cut you down and it will devour you like a swarm of locusts. Multiply like, like grasshoppers. Multiply like locusts. You have increased the number of your merchants till they are more numerous than the stars in the sky. But like locusts, they strip the land and they fly away. Your guards are like locusts. Your officials like swarms of locusts that settle in the walls of a cold day. But when the sun appears, they'll fly away, and no one knows where. King of Assyria, your serpents slumber. Your nobles lie down to rest. Your people are scattered to the mountains, and no one to gather them. Nothing can heal you. Your wounds are fatal. All who hear the news about you clap their hands at your fall, for who has not felt your endless cruelty? Woe well unto Nineveh. You see, and that's what's going to end. If, if we do not turn from our wicked ways, when God's judgment will come, every woe that was laid out in this, in this last chapter 3 will come upon any man that disobeys the word of God. He, God will make you, uh, the, the nakedness of the people known. Even everything around you will begin to crumble. If we do not obey what the word of God has said to us. God has opened our eyes tonight. He has opened up our understanding to this word. Now it's up to us to now take this word and run with it. It's now up to us to go back, you know, and look at this word line by line. Precept upon precept. and pray for understanding that God opened my eyes. If there be any act of weakness that can cause your judgment to come upon me, Lord, search my heart. Any act of wickedness in me, God, search me. Because I don't know about you, but when I was reading, you know, now when I was reading all the woes, I said, God, let your mercy rise. Let your mercy rise upon the nation, upon those who have been killing the innocent and think that they're defending you. God, let your mercy arise. God, let your mercy arise. Because when God's judgment comes, huh, we're begin to plead. But God is giving everyone an opportunity you know, to change and turn from a wicked way. I wish we, we all had the opportunity to go before the nations and speak this that we have learned from this book. Because then people, people will turn from their wicked ways and they will repent. But how would they know if we do not go and tell them. How would they hear about all these things? If nobody is there to tell them. And how can we tell them? By our own lives becoming a replica of Jesus. By our own lives being an epitome for people to read. Letters for people to read. To say no. There is something about this man. There is something about this woman that is different. And is the presence of the master. Because we have let the world become real to us. In conclusion... Can I, can we please open to the book of Hebrews chapter two? From verse one it says warning to pay attention. We must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to you by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that you have subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet, at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was written that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Father our God in Jesus name. We thank you Lord for the revelation of your word tonight. We thank you Lord for the insight you've bestowed unto us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there's so much that you've taught us over these past week from this Bible store. And the reason why you've taught us this word is so we can come to a wholesome reasoning about your coming and about the work you've placed in our hands. Father, you said that Jesus has paid the price on Calvary. And that is why tonight we commit ourselves unto your Holy Spirit. Father, the Bible says that You sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to be our counselor, to be our teacher, and to make known unto us what is in the heart of the Father and of the Son, that we can display your splendor. Father, into your hands I commit each and every one of us tonight, O God. Father, as we have heard these words from the book of Nahum, about you being our refuge and our strength, about you being our shield and our buckler, about you being our sustainer and about us continuing to walk in obedience of your word. Father, empower us, Father, at this time to live upright before you in the name of Jesus. Father, help if there be any act of wickedness in us. Father, ask that in the name of Jesus that you take them out of our lives in Jesus' name. Father, the Bible says that, Lord, that when the veil is removed... Then we will see. Father, take away every veil over our eyes in Jesus' name. Father, break every yoke of the Assyrians that have been working in our lives. Lord, destroy them from our necks in Jesus' name. Father, but Lord, give us insight of your word and grant us boldness to go forth. And speak your word as you've instructed us in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that God that you ingenite the fire within us. Father, anywhere we have been slumbering, everywhere the spirit of apathy has come, that we have refused to speak your word. Father, I ask tonight that you waken us up, that you cause us to arise, as you have caused us as watchmen, cause us to arise, O God. And take over our territory. That ISIS will not win over this land anymore. That ISIS will not create fear in the house of people anymore. But we will humble ourselves and pray. And that you will heal our land. Father, we cover ourselves tonight in the blood of Jesus. Take us beyond what we have been imparted unto tonight. That we can run with the word that you have given unto us. And in the name of Jesus will be exalted. Father, we thank you Lord for this summary tonight. And we thank you, Father, for the way you've opened up the eyes of our understanding and, and revealed new things unto us. Empower us, Father, even as the days are fast approaching, that our fire will not go dim, neither will our fire go out, neither will our faith be shaken, but we shall hang on to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, that Jesus will be glorified through us, and the nations of the earth will hear our voice about the truth about Jesus is the reason for the season thank you jesus we praise you father in jesus name we pray amen get ready for 2016 is the year of open heavens Join Apostle Alfred Williams for Watch Night 2015 at the incredible Christ Faith Tabernacle Cathedral this New Year's Eve. Come and experience an open heaven as you have never experienced before. I see the angels of God put into operations, releasing the wind. And I see again men drunk by the wind, even as it wasn't the beginning. Watch Night Celebration 2015. Join Apostle Alfred Williams for a night of celebration, praise and prophetic power. Enter the new year with fresh anointing from heaven, bringing freedom, direction and power for 2016. And don't miss our extravagant Christmas carol service on Saturday the 19th of December from 7pm. Come to the incredible CFT Cathedral, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE18 6NL. Visit cftchurches.org or call 020-8316-2332. Join us as we enter into 2016, the year of open heavens.